This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Shabazz, and I am one of your hosts. Alongside me, I have, of course, the one and only... Daniel, Daniel, how you doing? <laughs> Man, again, you always—we never know which one it's going to be when you I'm, when you I'm come into the show. You up for no success. You have you. You, you have like you. He has like six different ways of introducing somebody. But I'm good, that Shay. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Thank, thank you, thank you for asking me how I'm doing. And uh, of course, interrupting us as always is Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You seem to be doing just okay. Yep. Just doing good. Doing <laughs> A-okay. All right. That's a bit much. Now, uh, we, we're just coming off of our last episode where we had the pleasure of interviewing director Kevin Lima, uh, director of Enchanted, uh, 102 Dalmatians, Tarzan, and a Goofy movie. So to all of our new fans that are coming from that episode, hello and welcome. Hello, hello, there. hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you for coming in and accepting us as your movie saints. That's what we are, right? <laughs> That's what I think we were going to call the show originally, the movie saints. <laughs> the movie saints uh, podcast. And then we were just like, you know what? Let's not call it that. <laughs> it's a bit controversial. But we know how Anthony likes, con- Anthony likes it controversial, though. Anthony likes Always. the controversy. Always he likes it. But also... <laughs> But also, thank you to Kevin Lima for joining us too, because Always. that was just that was such a cool experience. So we're forever grateful for him to for joining us last week. Would I be able to say now that he's one of our best friends? Maybe. I uh, think we can, man. I, I think we've earned that, so. right? Yeah, Kevin. He, 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 he I call him KL. KL. <laughs> KL. 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 All right. Does, is that his Kryptonian name? Yeah. <laughs> KL. <laughs> Uh, As always, folks, you can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every Monday across all your favorite podcast services. And if you want to be a part of the show and give us your comments, suggestions, and if you have any corrections, you can head over to thistimewith.com slash talk. So without further ado, let's get into our first little bit of announcement, actually. So uh, we announced it last time that we are going to be doing another commentary, our third one. And it's a perfect time because this is actually the 18-year anniversary for this film, and that is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. And you can look out for that commentary this Friday, May 8th, 2020, the year of COVID. I can't believe that that movie's 18 years old already. I know. It can finally vote, right? It can vote. It can. And it can buy alcohol if you live in Montreal. It can buy alcohol if you live in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. And a gun if you live in the United States. Right? I think that's 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 that at birth. I think that you come out of the womb with one in the States. <laughs> you get uh, one well, right after birth. Yeah. I think I think at yeah, your second birthday, it's like here's the revolver. Oh, I was gonna say, is that how they cut the umbilical cord there? <laughs> Shoot, Shoot it off. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's just like loading a gun. He's like, listen, I promise you this won't hurt a bit. 
This is what happens when you pay for your healthcare. Why am I paying for this, though? <laughs> My insurance covers this. Uh, sorry to our American listeners. We love you. Uh, but for God's sake, stay home. All <laughs> uh, right. Let's jump into our first little bit of news here. <gasps> oh, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Was it? It I wasn't, don't know. I that was, was really good because Shay kind of fucking sucked in all the air in the world. And <laughs> Which which then, let us know was ready to go. Yeah, I did it on purpose. It was a cue. It was yeah. a cue. Guys, you ready? Did you guys just did this? Hey guys, would you guys think that A, I'm doing the news, or B, I'm shooting you all? What do you think? No, I thought you were shooting off an umbilical cord. I was. I was shooting off an umbilical cord. I thought you were gonna go blah 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 blah. Is that what the gun sound like? And where you're from? Is your gun underwater? so first little bit of news here today guys youtube to host free virtual film festival with 20 partner partners including cans tribeca and sundance this is coming from todd spangler of variety so with covid19 stuttering film festivals worldwide or pretty much shutting them down i just say youtube has stepped in to launch a 10-day digital film festival with this spring with 20 partners this will be streaming free to cinema fans everywhere so we are one a global film festival that's what it's being called is being produced and organized by the new york's tribeca enterprises the youtube hosted event will feature programming from top 20 film festivals including the Cannes film festival toronto international film festival sundance film festival berlin international film festival the tribeca film festival and the venice film festival the online festival i've said festival now more times than i've ever said it in my life <laughs> it's starting to sound weird the word like is it even a word festival it's festival fest festival <laughs> this online festival is set to run from may 29th to june 7th 2020 and will be available at youtube.com slash we are one the free to watch programming well not festival huh which will not include <laughs> any ads is to include feature films shorts documentaries music comedy and panel discussions so that's pretty soon and that's actually pretty wicked what are your guys thoughts uh, it's great. It's great that this is happening. I mean, we know that a lot of these film festivals that are slated to happen this summer have either been canceled or postponed or it's really up in the air. Uh, a lot of them have said that they wanted to do digital events. I know TIFF was really looking at different avenues, but TIFF has been very adamant as well on trying to maintain their um, f- people in person physical festival. So who knows what's going to happen down the road, but when you see stuff like this come together, that's awesome. And now it's going to be put in the hands of so many more people. The viewership hopefully will be a lot larger. Um, and it said it's a free film festival. Yeah. That's where I kind of, I was curious to, to know like what movies um, will be premiering here. And like, are right. they just short films? Or are they like, I don't want to say films made by, lesser directors or not more, more, known directors. more like the yeah like are like are, is this like the type of movies you get at tiff that premiere tiff like i'm going high yeah. end here but like let's say like joker or ford versus ferrari or like honey boy like what kind of what i guess there's no tears to these movies but i guess when you look at the budgets let's say what kind of high budget movies are coming here and from what studios or is this more of an indie film festival which will be great to see too and it's just because of the the environment that we're in you know studios are holding back their films from going to theaters so it just i don't know i'm I'm trying to kind of gauge like are they going to just release their 
films that would go to film festivals for free on a streaming platform. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Right. There's a lot of questions to this still. I mean, luckily, we don't have too long to wait. This is happening at the end of May. Um, and you also gave a little teaser of what we're going to be talking about later in the show with kind of movies coming to theaters and what that all is looking like right now. Um, Shay, but what do you think about this? You know what? I Pretty much the exact same sentiments as you guys. Uh, my concern really is, yeah, are we getting films that are anticipated at this film festival? Or is it going to be those... And, and no disrespect, but the films that you see at festivals where you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're, you're here too. Sounds good. Um, just movies maybe that don't have the biggest audience or are very niche. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious. But, I mean, it's free and it's at the end of the month. It's very close. I've been dying to watch new stuff because I feel like as much as this time should be used to go into your back catalog, I didn't realize how much I depend on new entertainment you know so this should uh, hopefully quell that yeah and that's exactly it i think we've been in a big kind of lull right now with just anything really exciting and i get studios also have to adapt and they just can't always transition because of existing deals and things like that but man it's been slow yeah 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 anything else you guys want to add to that no well one big thing was i think um What's this? Cannes Film Festival being available for the public is interesting too, right? It's, it these a lot of these film festivals are all private based or um, industry based. So yeah. Toronto being the biggest one, Sundance um, that's industry based. Cannes is industry based. Uh, Berlin, there's no Milan. Fe- oh yeah, there is Venice Film Festival. There is the, sorry, yeah. not the Milan Venice. And there are a lot of pre- these. Yeah, being open for the public is interesting too. I'm I'm curious to see what films do show up. Yeah, and there's a bit of a like a prestige. Not not saying like for us, but like like these film festivals all kind of have like a little a little snobby undertone to them. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So like they'll be like, oh, we're going to premiere here, and we're going to have all the stars here, and we're going to do this and do this. The, and, the Beijing Crying Monkey Award. You know. <laughs> so now it's like <laughs> now we're going to premiere on YouTube. And all, already we said on last week's show or the week before uh, that it's all a blur that the Oscars are going to consider movies that have premiered on video on demand. Does this count as well? Who knows? Right. And yeah, I think this is uh, the fulfillment of the promise of YouTube from 2005, man. Who would have thought 15 years later, like full on movies would pre- be premiering here? It's crazy because YouTube, like when I look at YouTube, um, I'm not a huge fan of. I guess how they market things. Um, they have a very like flashy style, so I can't like like Anthony was saying these and these movies and that are so prestigious. Usually these film festivals to be on YouTube, it's 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 very interesting. Like, yeah, I like, would have almost taken Netflix, but obviously they can't do Netflix because that is someone that actually has to buy these films. So. Right. So yeah. maybe will Netflix buy them after they premiered on YouTube? Um, are they like? And that's the thing because like a lot of places are they going to look kind of look down at their noses at oh it was on youtube so yeah. i think that's just kind of the, the mindset we got to get past and how does this how does this open things up for for piracy like you have to think about that too is piracy now going to be more rampant because there are so many ways for people out there to well a record right off of youtube so I oh mean, definitely especially film, live too yeah is the film pretty much moot at that point who knows are they going to have some type of software-based implementation that's going to block it from being films like who knows like they they could be working on stuff like that you know there's always a way right 
Yeah, the people. Once you give somebody an obstacle, they're always going to find a way over it. Yeah. All right, let's jump into our next little bit of news here, and that's Hercules live-action remake in the works from Disney by the Shang-Chi writer. So this is coming from Boris Kit of The Hollywood Reporter. Good old Boris. Good old uh, Bori Kitty is what I call him, right? Boreas Kittyus is his Greek name, Boris I think. <laughs> and he, obviously, Boris Kid, obviously, from The Hollywood Reporter, and, and, and you know, a big fan of the show, I'm assuming. I don't know. I haven't heard him say that. We're big fans of his, at least. <laughs> We're definitely big fans of his. Now, Disney is going from zero to hero once more as they're putting into development a live-action remake of its 1997 animated movie, Hercules. The 1997 pick was a musical fantasy retelling of the Greek legend that featured plenty of the trademark comedic banter of that era's Disney animated titles. The studio has hired Dave Callahan, the action scribe who launched the Expendables franchise and wrote Marvel's upcoming Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings to pen the script joe and anthony russo are producing but not directing the remake via their agbo banner now the russo's just had um extraction come out well about two weeks ago now i'd say yeah under their uh, banner under their banner as well so this is i guess their next venture i mean it was a matter of time right i mean i think almost every other 90s film has been adapted to live action right um, so it was only a matter of time before Hercules got taken over. And I think visually Hercules could be a really beautiful one, um, that they do. So I'm looking for, I like that the Russos are attached to it and I guess we've got to see how it gets adapted. Is it going to go the Mulan route where it's a unique, not, or I guess a more of a grounded take, or is it going to go full on beauty and the beast and Lion King where it's almost shot for beautiful. shot similar yeah, and musical. It's not going to be the Rock Hercules or Dwayne Johnson. Oh my god, Hercules. awful movie. Which has so awful much potential, movie. but then... Ex- except for Brett Ratner as the Yeah, director. except for Brett Ratner directing yeah. it. And <laughs> Where is he now, by the way? He's uh, uh, shuttered be in by prison. the, yeah, shuttered <laughs> by the uh, Me Too claims. Who do you yeah. picture as Hercules? Like, I picture... Um, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. He would, he would play... He doesn't. He play the little. Yeah, he plays Philoctetes in the in the animated film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who uh, can I picture as Hercules? I, I don't know. Hemsworth. Hemsworth already plays a god, so it would make sense that he play another type of demigod. He's going from a Norse god to like a Greek, Greek god. god, just like God of War, man. But I think I, they I, want like a a younger kid probably to play him, right? Yeah, I imagine someone new, like just someone unknown. No, yeah, it's possible. Unknowns. Unknowns. Well, they had they had unknowns. The Aladdin, like M- M- Minimasud, was unknown. Um, the actress playing Mulan, she's not very popular either. Right. Um, the kid from Mowgli, the Jungle Book, he was also unknown. Yeah. So, so Anthony, possible. if you if you have a suggestion here that disproves my point, uh, I would love to hear it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just saying, don't go with an unknown. <laughs> um. I've been seeing a lot of different fan casts. The people that the guy they want to play Hercules, I've never heard of him before. He's like some what's his name? Vincent Rodriguez the third. I'm sorry, the third. The third. So there's three of them I've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But one of the casting that I could actually picture happening is Pain and Panic as Key and Peel. This guy? Why would wait? They want this guy to play a Greek god. 
that's what I'm seeing, man. Collider wrote an article on it. A lot of people on Twitter are writing articles on it. He's, he's, isn't he like Filipino? Uh, dude, I don't make these rules. Yeah, okay? he's Filipino. Vincent, Vincent Rodriguez. Rodriguez III. He's Filipino. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird how people will go up in arms that, you know, casting should be so specific to race. But then all of a sudden it's like, no, no, no. Th- 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 we, can, we can have a Filipino actor for this. It's like, no. We, yeah. Cast someone that is Greek, maybe. How, how about that? Give, give yeah. that person a chance. Give the Greeks a chance, you know? Yeah. Give the Greeks <laughs> a chance. Yeah. They keep losing all these battles. Like, let them win one. Yeah, this oh, guy man. is not Hercules. No. He is more I, of... Daniel, what are your sources Maybe the on Filipino I version of It's the Collider article, man. Uh, <laughs> what, do you collider, what happened to you guys? <laughs> uh, who is this on Collider uh, that wrote this? Gregory Lawrence. We've definitely read stories from him before. Yeah. Is he Filipino? Come on, Gregory. <laughs> I, he might be Filipino. Greg, I just came back from the Philippines. <laughs> Trust me. They don't want him either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but again, I think Hercules. Hercules is an interesting. I remember getting the plates from McDonald's growing oh, up. Oh yeah, I still have them. You know, I know I have mine somewhere. Mine are definitely uh, Hercules. Um, but yeah, so like Hercules is a cool one. It was never my favorites of the of the the nineties Disney films, but like I still have a like a, a a like for it. I still like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Do you guys have like a big attachment to Hercules at all? Yeah, I I used to watch it a lot, and I think throughout the years I'll put it on every once in a while, just in the background, really. Um, yeah. But the music to me still stands out. It was oh, some yeah, of great the greatest music. music. I used to watch the TV show that came out after as well. Yep. Um, I feel like, I think every Disney movie of that time got a TV show spinoff. Hundred percent, they did. Right, and I I just I don't know something about uh, uh, James Woods. It was James Woods that played Hades, right? Yeah, who played Hades? Yeah, yeah. just so funny, and I don't know. I, I used to really like it, and I, I still do. I might actually put it on this week. Yeah, that's a good one. I watch. would say it's like one of the, we'll say, uh, uh, Disney films that have been like underrated during yeah, that yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Very, you know, like it, it, I still watch it. Like, I haven't watched it in a very long time, but I would watch it again. I just, I don't know, I connect with it because it is like a Greek mythology type of story, which yeah. interests me more than Aladdin would. I would probably watch Hercules more than Aladdin, just because I'm more I'm more connected with the the Greek mythology. Like I like yeah. that type of storyline, and it's Hercules, so it's this yeah. idea of like a superhero that can you know fight all these different monsters. Right. So for me, like Hercules was was a big movie um, growing up. Yeah, I, I put I put Hercules in the same kind of area that i would put like tarzan one because they're they're not too far apart in terms of timelines but they were mm-hmm. kind of towards the tail end of disney's uh, where they're still phenomenal movies but when you have like the first half of the 90s where it's like little mermaid beauty and the beast lion king aladdin like those big hitters these are still yeah. phenomenal movies but i feel like like anthony said they're more of the forgotten ones sometimes yes. but hercules yeah, is a great movie so um yeah i'm seeing Haley steinfield though as meg so i'd be 100 percent down for that oh I, I can see that yeah yeah people are saying ariana grande but i'm like no no i mean again let's, let's find a greek that. actress let's find a greek actress you know it could be i mean they had a movie called my big fat greek wedding one of those kids is probably old enough now you know? <laughs> pick one of those kids if you have to yeah. yeah great movie by the way great great film i love my big yeah. fat greek wedding Never seen the second one, but first one's no. Great. Never seen the second. I've actually only seen clips, and I was like, I don't. I think I'm good. 
Uh, uh, but let's sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, just Collider. Just a heads up. I hate the ads on your website, so I just I just wanna. <laughs> I just want to shout that out because like they're disgusting. No, it's like toenail fungus and earwax. Oh. I'm like, these are disgusting pictures. I just need oh. to shout that are out. Are you sure and those are not like... No, they're not. ...that follow you through different websites, Daniel? Because I've yeah. never seen these these ads before in my Daniel? life. No! <laughs> All right. We don't have any proof. When I go on my collider, I don't see those. I see I've like... never seen those ads before in my life. Yeah, you see, you see penis see. enlargement pills on yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do see fung- toenail fungus. You do see that? Yeah, I do see that. Yeah, that's so gross. Have- it's Daniel's toenail fungus that I'm seeing on here. <laughs> you just say, "Hey, do you have a friend that needs this?" Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, uh, we know you're Daniel's friend. Here's some toenail <laughs> fungus. I'm actually I'm only getting ads for TD. Is that just me? You're getting ads for what? TB. TD. <laughs> oh god, TD, I think TD, like, like, TD Bank? TD. Yeah, TD Bank. Yeah, TD Bank and Squarespace. Those are the only ads I'm seeing right yeah. now. Yeah. Now I'm getting now I'm getting like Netflix ones and like t-shirt ones, but before man, like oh, I kept saying like stop showing this ad, yeah. man. This is guys. Yeah, they're like, oh, they figured out our toe fungus <laughs> uh, <laughs> money crate over here. <laughs> this guy but, looks uh, like he's pouring like a bunch of maple syrup on his fungus. Oh god. Ew. Thank God I'm not seeing this, and thank God let's our fans stop, aren't either. Let's yeah, let's stop talking about it. All right, well, let's jump into our our next and last story, and it's a, it's it's a big one. It's a doozy, you know. Yeah, now it's a doozy here. Here, so AMC. I don't know why I'm doing a voice. I have no idea why that happened. AMC Theaters refuses to play Universal Films in wake of Trolls World Tour. This is coming from Pamela McClintock of the Hollywood Reporter. This is a long article, so bear with me as I read through it, guys and girls. AMC Theaters on Tuesday delivered a blistering message to Universal Pictures saying the world's largest cinema chain will no longer play any of the studio's films in the wake of comments made by NBC Universal CEO Jeff Schell regarding the on-demand success of Trolls World Tour and what it means for the future of movie-going post-coronavirus pandemic. Earlier in the day, Universal revealed that Trolls World Tour racked up an estimated $100 million in premium VOD rentals in its first three weeks in North America, more than enough to put the film on the road to profitability, uh, according to the conglomerate. In a strongly worded letter to Universal Filmed Entertainment Group Chairman Donna Langley, AMC Theater's chairman and CEO Adam Aaron said Shell's comments were unacceptable. AMC is the largest circuit in the world. It is disappointing to us, but Jeff's comments as to Universal's unilateral actions and intentions have left us with no choice. Therefore, effective immediately, AMC will no longer play any Universal movies in any of our theaters in the United States, Europe, or the Middle East. Um, that's what I assume Aaron sounds like when you said that. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, you, you nailed his voice, man. Just fantastic. I, I, think, I think I did a pretty good job. It didn't take long for Universal to respond. The studio issued an evening statement saying it remains dedicated to movie going and that Shell's comments were misconstrued. We absolutely believe in the theatrical experience and have made no statement to the contrary. As we stated earlier, going forward, we expect to release future films directly to the theaters as well as on PVOD when that distribution outlet makes sense. We look forward to having additional private conversations with our exhibition partners, but are disappointed by this seemingly coordinated attempt from AMC and NATO to confuse our position and our actions, Universal said. 
Was, was that, that was Trump that, reading that statement? <laughs> was that your like Trump, Trump impression? It sounded a bit like Trump, but I just yeah, I, I started it and I kind of just went with it. Yeah, there's a bit of that nasalness to it that I've. There was like, oh, a bit of Trump. it. Now, just so we're aware, when we talk about NATO, we're not talking about that NATO. We're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, they have no. They have no, no correlation. No correlation. This is the National Association of Theater Owners. <laughs> You think, think they would the want to change the name out, of that? It literally <laughs> looks like. Yeah, yeah like, I'm like, oh wow, NATO got involved. Why? Is this <laughs> <crazy>? <laughs> Nails breaking up this fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> uh, our goal in releasing Trolls World Tour on PVOD was to deliver entertainment to people who are sheltering at home, while movie theaters and other forms of outside entertainment are unavailable. Based on the enthusiastic response to the film, we believe we made the right move, the statement added. That's my other voice that I wanted to <laughs> try as well. I don't like these characters. I'm, I'm sorry. This is this is what quarantine has done to me. Following the flurry of dramatic exchanges involving AMC and NATO <laughs> and Universal, Regal Entertainment owner Cineworld Group has now added its voice to the chorus of windows of controversies surrounding the Trolls World Tour. Uh, the world's second biggest circuit says its policy with respect to the window is clear, well known in the industry, and is part of our commercial deal with our movie suppliers. We make it clear again that we will not be showing movies that fail to respect the windows. Cineworld also calls Universal's decisions to opt to, for a PVOD release on the DreamWorks animation sequel completely inappropriate, adding that it is certainly has nothing to do with the good faith business practice partnership and transparency. Wow, this is some, you know, Goodfellas kind of mob survives that I'm getting here. I knew Trolls World Tour was going to end the world. I knew yeah. that movie was trouble. That I was knew it was trouble. That was the one. This is I the this, this is the movie. Go ahead, Dave. This is the one that's going to take down theaters. Trolls World <laughs> Tour is going to take down the theater industry. It's always the one you least expect, you know? Uh, go ahead, Anthony. Sorry. Sorry, guys, for the motorcycle in the background. I can't control uh, my environment. Are you writing it while, while I'm doing it? <laughs> um, no, I, what I was saying is I could see, like, I literally could see this whole scenario in a documentary 10 years from yes. now. Yes. And it would be kind of like the fall of theaters, yeah. like all of movie theaters on HBO. Yeah. Yes, like 100%. Breakdown. Dark Side of the Ring, it's like, and then Trolls World Tour happened. Yeah. What? <laughs> It's, I can even it's see this as a movie. That this is like what, like what it's happening with the, our films and how other uh, studio or how studios are dealing with pushback for releasing their own movies that right now don't ever have an, a clear date of when they'll come out in theaters. Right. And I think the biggest issue with this too is that, you know, the last month or two we've been saying, you know, why we would love for theaters for studios to release their movies at home. And we haven't seen that happen too much. We've seen some movies go home, but nothing big. And it's literally because of this situation that's happening right now. Who knows if, if uh, AMC is going to stick to their guns here, but if they're saying they're not going to show any universal pictures, let's put that in. Let's put that into perspective for you guys. That means no James Bond. That means no Fast and the Furious movies ever. That means no Jurassic Despicable Park. Me or Minions. No Jurassic Park. No Super Mario movie coming out. There's like there's 
so many things that Universal owns um, that now won't be going to theater. Is that what you're telling me, AMC? And according to Statista, no relation to me, I'm Baptista. Um, as as Shay said in the article, AMC is the biggest theater chain in the states. They have eight thousand two hundred and eighteen screens, not locations, just screens in total. That means eight thousand two hundred and eighteen screens will not be showing any of those movies, uh, meaning they'll have to go somewhere else. And Regal also chimed in saying that they're not going to be showing movies that don't respect the theater release, which is the second highest uh, number of theaters in the States. And then Sinworld, who is also looking to buy Cineplex, is the fourth largest chain, will also not be doing it then, that means, if they if that buyout goes through. So you're telling me that there's going to be no way to watch Universal movies pretty much anywhere? That doesn't like That doesn't make sense to me, and I think they're being so selfish saying this like that doesn't it like this is how you make your money it's like biting the hand that feeds you yeah like uh, right now my local theater chains at the moment all they can do is sell me overpriced popcorn and hot dogs through uber eats to order a hot dog right now from cineplex it's going to cost me like 18 dollars with all the service fees attached to it i don't think anyone is ordering popcorn and stuff right now from cineplex so they're not really making any money at the moment so you need to have these movies come out stop being this petty little high scorer and have these films come out in whatever way possible because at the end of the day these movies are for the viewers they're for people to watch you're, right. You're, as consumers, we're the ones losing out on all this. Yeah. And at the end of the day, too, it's like they're releasing these movies at home because theaters aren't open. Yeah. Once theaters open, they're going to release them in theaters. So yeah. there's and there's going to be movies to watch then. How many movies have been delayed that are waiting to get into theaters? And now you're telling me just because they released Trolls World Tour at home, that's going to be the movie that like, ah, oh, man, we missed out on that on that kid, that kid and family money coming into here. Like, no, that's so ridiculous, guys. Come on. Like, really? There's bigger things out here to deal with than picking a fight with the studios. Like, there's no need for this. And especially when the theaters are on the ropes right now with trying to reinvent themselves, trying to stay relevant, and trying to compete with the way we can watch movies at home, there's no need for them to stop that because it's only going to drive people to stay at home and not go to you. I'm trying to understand the logic of releasing a press statement that's so like heavily worded and charged against Universal. Like, what they're were they trying to scare them to stop releasing films in on VOD? Like, it's just it doesn't make sense. Like, I'm trying to understand their point where well. If you're never, if you're going to be releasing your movie on VOD, we'll never ever have it in our theaters again. Like, but that that your job is to show movies. Like those guys will find a different way. You lose. Yeah. They all like Universal wins in the long run. You know, like Universal. Guess what? Has their own streaming service coming out in July. You really want to push them? Then they're going to find a way to put it on their streaming service and then forget you. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to come to some type of resolution. It's like Spidey leaving the MCU, where it's like, okay, it's all for like they're all puffing out their chests right now. They're trying to show how tough they are, but there's no way that this could hold because because mm-hmm. AMC is the one who's going to miss out. Yeah. Exactly like Anthony said, the wording was so intense. Like I remember the first bit was like, oh, we will not forget this. As if it's like <laughs> at the Alamo. I was like, wait, well, hold on. What? We will like, not forget <laughs> this. We will not forget this betrayal. I'm like, oh my God, like take it easy, guys. But at the end of the day, like when, when Universal released Trolls World Tour, 
they were able to collect 80% of the intake of that because just the 20% went towards streaming. Right. Whereas with theaters, they make, they still make a lot of money. That's not, you know, I'm not saying that, but they, the take back is a little bit less. Right. So eventually if the world starts to go down this way, like, like Anthony's wet dream, then you know what? (laughs) Theaters will theaters will eventually be yeah gone you're, you're literally saying no i don't want to make money is what the yeah are saying. you're you're saying no you don't want to make a billion dollars with fast and the furious you don't want to yeah. make a billion dollars with james bonds not that they'd make get all that money but that's people in your theaters paying Potential. for your services to watch it right it's just it's just mind-blowing that they would be so closed-minded that way mm-hmm. but it, it shows the, the 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 mindset of where theaters are they don't they don't care about the movie they just care about, you know, the money, right? So it's like, well, if you're not going to show our movie, your movie in our theater, well, don't worry, we'll find someone else to take that place. Yeah, we'll get people in. And there's always been this idea, of, and it's not a wet dream. It's just theaters. <laughs> there's something about them that just there's an off-putting to them. There's I don't know if it's their the way they structure themselves, but it's just every time I go into a theater, I feel like. I'm just losing money. I'm losing money on how much I'm spending on watching a movie. I'm losing money on what I'm buying at the theater for popcorn or a drink. Yeah. I'm losing money on the, like just parking there. Sometimes it's just like, what's the purpose of this guys? Yeah. And I mean, with the, go ahead. Sorry. It's yeah, a, it's like a casino. It's like casino. you're in there, they're pumping in oxygen. They don't know where the exit is, but <laughs> Anthony, no so, <laughs> you know, and like it's easy to turn this into a theaters versus home watching, just because like exactly what Anthony's saying. Like when you factor in the cost of everything you're spending on a movie, you're paying twenty bucks per ticket, pretty much, right? For a family of four, that's eighty dollars. That's just for the tickets to get into the door. And then you're talking about popcorn. Okay, you want popcorn? That's probably another fifty, sixty bucks for all of you. So at the end of the day, you're spending $100 on a night out to watch a movie that you're in your th- in the theater for, which is great. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me a family that wants to go to the theaters, they'll probably just end up watching it at home. The snacks are so much cheaper to have at home. <laughs> Drinks are so much cheaper. Exactly. Like, and, like, it blows me away that, like, I love making homemade popcorn, and I buy literally, like, a, like a container of kernels for, like, four or five bucks. And that's enough to make, like... 10 giant bowls of popcorn, like mammoth bowls of popcorn where it's like you go to Cineplex or any theater really. And you're spending like 15, 20 bucks for a drink. That's mostly ice and popcorn. And it's like, that's just, it's, that's the thing. Like I get, that's how they make their money, but sure. Keep your model, but have movies to play. Don't pick fights with universal. They're just trying to stay afloat too, with everything going on in the world. They're trying to bring entertainment. Yeah. They want to make money, but they're just trying to bring entertainment for people to watch at home because of the situation going on in the world right now. Like you're going to, you're going to get some, you're going to get mad at them for that. Like that's just, Mm. that's just ridiculous to me. And personally, I don't even want to go watch a movie in a theater in the next six months. So it's, that means I can't, I'll never be able to watch films until they show up on, you know, a streaming service or on iTunes supply. Like that's not fair to me. I want to watch the film. Like at the end of the day, I'm the one who's buying it. So why can't I have a choice of where I watch it? Right. And that's the thing, right? Like we're, we're in a time right now that let's say theaters do open up in time in July. 
it's going to be kind of scary. Like every time I'm going to the theater, I'm going to feel like I'm risking my health and my life almost to go there. Right. Like, do I want to put myself in that situation? I get we're the movie podcast, but at the end of the day, like there's our health to consider too. Like, come on guys. Yeah. You're not the only one entity where people will probably not be going back to theaters for quite some time. I mean, that seems to be the trend right now, but at the same time, I just, I just don't get what these, and you're also right there, Anthony, about how when you go to the theaters, that that feeling of you know magic is completely ripped away. It's totally gone. It feels so consumer based, so like corporate based that you're just like, okay, I'm here. I'm just going to be spending about a hundred bucks today, and I'm going to be getting out. But if theaters really loved movies, they wouldn't be upset by this. Like I, I think about theaters, like I think about theaters, like the um, Alamo Draft House. I feel like they haven't said anything yet and I'm, I'm praying to God <clears throat> they don't say anything soon because that is an experience that I would say is like what a movie lover wants to experience. Every time I've gone to the Alamo draft house, I've felt loved. I felt like there's care here. There is an attention to detail with film. And again, as of right now, they haven't said anything. So I really hope they don't jump on this bandwagon either. Places like that, these boutique theaters, they're probably the ones that are actually going to end up surviving this whole theater massacre because they're the ones that will still play the films. They still have good prices and they're still welcoming to everybody else. Yeah, it's true. But at the end of the day, too, like if they do survive, if Alamo, like I know they furloughed or whatever word they're using to say fancy word they're saying to say laying off. Alamo has 41 locations Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like. If they're a boutique theater, they'll probably jack up their prices when they come back because oh, they sure. could afford to because of their experience. AMC has over a thousand locations. So if let's say Alamo says something, I don't think Universal at the end of the day is really going to care because it's such a limited theater. They're not no, missing sure. out on a lot, right? No, they, they but you're looking at a thousand theaters, just AMC alone. That's not going to be part of it. Like that's like, it's just, wow. Yeah, It's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. And Sin World yeah. as well too. Sin World has... Um, let's see here. Sinworld owns Regal Cinemas. Regal Cinemas <clears throat> has five hundred over f- almost six hundred locations and across the U.S. Yeah. Europe too, right? Right, and then factoring in if they end up buying Cineplex, that's another three hundred something locations, right? So, come on, like this is not the fight you guys want to pick because it's like Blockbuster making fun of Netflix. It's, you know what I mean? It's literally just like that. I, I think back to that tweet of Blockbuster. Po- uh, I'm surprised they didn't post this on MySpace, really, Blockbuster. My, Blockbuster tweeted out, oh, tell us the reason why you're leaving Netflix. And it's like, fam, they they destroyed you. And they yeah. you and they offered to be bought by you. It's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like I just it, it was such like a um like a mafia gangster statement. It's just a it really th- was. It, it really it was. was very like it came it came across that way. I'm like, man, it really knew came about theaters. This is their this is true colors of theaters. Yeah, it really came across to me as like old man yelling at the sky kind of thing. You know, <laughs> like that's just what I got. That's the vibe that I got from it. I'm like, you guys, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm. I guess our our last uh, story, one that we were talking about earlier in the week, and Anthony. Uh, uh, brought up as well too today because I, I think it's I, I I remember sending this in our chat and then yeah. I didn't really pay too much mind to it and Anthony's like 
like this is a big deal mm-hmm. and last last year like we said we we did a big episode on china and the influence of china in hollywood uh so this is coming from the new york post from emily jacobs ted cruz pushes a bill to stop hollywood from censoring movies for china uh so senator ted cruz will introduce legislation cutting off defense department assistance for u.s movies that permit china to censor their content he announced um so cruz is a is a Representative for as a Republican from Texas, he said, uh, "Stopping censorship, restoring integrity, protect protecting talkies act." Oh, that's an awful. Yeah, it's a very long. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Uh, I hate his face. I'm sorry. I I really don't like Ted Cruz. Uh, Would bar Hollywood studios from doing business with the Pentagon if they accommodate Chinese censors. Interesting. So so what that means is, um, and I think it stemmed back from. I think last year when the Top Gun trailer came out, there was a, a scene with Tom Cruise and he's wearing his Air Force jacket. And on the jacket, there was a flag of the Japanese and uh, Japanese flag and the Taiwanese flag on on the 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 U.S. Uh, air whatever jacket they have, like the Top Gun type of jacket. And then they removed it in the trailer because. A big producer of Top Gun is Tencent. Of course, it is. And Tencent is kind of it's a Chinese production uh, producing company, and they remove, especially the Taiwanese, um, those flags off the jacket, and that kind of spawned this whole bill uh, that was put into play because um, when they film these, you know movies with military stuff they actually the the defense department actually has people that are connected with the studios to make these things happen so they can share their planes they can share their naval aircrafts um their warships all that so they can film all these things um so what ted cruz is saying is if you want to use our like our our military stuff for your movies you can't censor any um any American or any type of right. uh, visual that appeases to the Chinese. Right. And we've spoken about Tencent on the show before. Tencent is a massive company mm-hmm. um, out of um, out of China. And their revenue last year alone was almost $400 billion, um, which is – or whatever currency, this Chinese currency. But that's a lot of money. Yen? Uh, it's not even yen. It's a, it's no, a yen, different yen Japanese. Uh, renminbi? I don't know what the difference, yeah. like what the currency is compared to the States. But when you look at movies that Tencent has, in, has invested in, uh, Wonder Woman, Venom, Bumblebee, Men in Black International, Terminator Dark Fate, Top Gun, Monster Hunter, Kong yeah. Skull Island, Warcraft. Like These are a lot of movies that make most of their money worldwide or in China. Right, like they have a. These are movies that are very like appeal to the international market. Tencent also owns or, or invests in so many game companies like Riot Games, Epic Games, Bluehole, which makes uh, Player Unknown's Battleground. They own a part of Ubisoft, five percent of Ubisoft, Activision. They like they're like this is a massive, massive conglomerate, conglomerate, and now who knows what this is going to mean if this bill gets passed. Oh my God! Anthony's Anthony. riding his motorcycle. Again. <laughs> 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 Sorry, <laughs> literally across the street from my house. That sounds like a I'll be honest with you. That, that, that was like uh, your house. 
is being taken it's apart. A, right it's now. one of those, you know, it's a Harley bike. Those loud bike sounds. That's yeah, man. Like it's it's gonna come to the point where studios will have to choose: do they want to make films with American um, money, American money, or Chinese money? I was surprised that there was Tencent was uh, connected to this because it's so American. It's like Top Gun. It's the 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 aircraft school by Americans. So it's just it's just I don't know. It has a funny feeling that Chinese studio is producing it. Yeah, but I mean, so, like. You, beautiful day in the neighborhood too they they had product they had money in so it's like they have a lot of i think they're just putting money in as many things as they can to get that influence you know yeah like yeah. I, I look back at when we daniel and i went to go watch edges 17 and that was produced by the h brothers yeah and i was like this is a like preteen teenager comedy <laughs> super <laughs> here <laughs> what like it I, th- I thought we were in the wrong theater for a couple minutes. I'm like, oh, hold on. This yeah. is this can't be it. Uh, but this all reminds me of um, last year when that episode of South Park came out, Banned in China. Yep. And if you haven't watched that episode, I highly recommend it because it is, A, super funny, but it also really brings to light what the Chinese censorship does and how it really affects it. Like it brings it to the layman's terms as possible. Yeah. But it's, Anthony, if you get a chance to watch it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I really recommend as well too. If you go back uh, to last year, um, I feel like this is always the episode that we always reference back to let people to tell people to listen to. Um, it's episode thirty-one. It's we talk about China's influence over Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Really great episode. We really did a lot of research into it as well too. Um, really recommend giving it a listen to see China's influence over Hollywood and Hollywood's influence in China. China, if there is any. Did you say China? Uh, China. That's um, Hollywood. You know how they have influence. That's what our country is going to be renamed to is China. I was like, hold on one second. What? Say that country again. China does. Is that really Daniel? Who? Who, who's that behind the camera? Uh, I'm it's me. <laughs> it's, me it's me. It's me, Daniel. Uh, Mr. Tencent. Mr. Tencent. <laughs> I just pictured this like Tencent coin with hands and legs making this. <laughs> it's Daniel Fong now. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Any uh, hey, anything else to add to our, our news stories before we jump on, guys? Uh, really quickly, before we move on, uh, just more of a milestone as well, too, because we were talking about Spider-Man. Eight years ago today, Avengers opened up, and it was mm-hmm. the first movie to gross over 270, sorry, $207 million in its first weekend. So that's crazy. Wow. That was eight years ago. Um, talking about the box office, I wonder if we'll ever see a movie kind of surpass what the Avengers have done um, in the last eight years of being a major franchise. Yeah, that's actually that's actually pretty nuts. Twenty twelve. I'm still remember watching that film in theaters yeah. very well. Great memory. I never actually watched it in theaters. What a yeah. weird. Well, why do we have him on the show? <laughs> you hate the. Yeah, I don't know why. I just I don't know. Did, did you watch it like on your phone or something? I think you watched it on an airplane. <laughs> on an airplane. No man, I think I watched. It wasn't it even at his. Home it was like after it was like the, it came the, out. The, somebody else's. You watched it at home, Anthony. So you had everything. Yeah, exactly. I, I watched it on an iPod shuffle. Oh god! Yeah, video ones. <laughs> oh god! I on there, and I, you know the the tall long shuffles. It was a, no nanos. Sorry, nanos. 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 Yeah. I watched it on that. Wow. Portrait portrait wise, I didn't watch it vertically. I didn't want to change it. Wow, that's great, man. That's great. 
Well, I'm going to jump into some new dates then. How does that sound to you guys? Sounds great. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Is that the new sound? <laughs> I don't saying, know. I'm just trying to. Is Florence Pugh's last name? <laughs> pew, pew. So this is a new segment that we have, and it's called New Dates because of this whole coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a, we've had new dates before, but this is no, new no. dates because of Corona. But uh, yeah, this is this is more so for Corona. Like this is almost like a permanent uh, segment now. It feels like it. Yeah. So John Wick Four is moving from Keanu Day, which was Matrix Four and John Wick Four, to May twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. So it's getting a pretty big pushback there. Spiral from the book of Saw, which was supposed to come out, what, was it this month or next month, I think? Uh, it was supposed to come out in May, yeah. So it basically yeah. took over uh, John Wick 4's original spot. Yeah. Uh, for So now it's gonna be coming out May 21st of next year. It's a whole year being pushed back. Crazy. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which is an awful name, by the way, is coming out August 20th, 2021. and That's whatever, another year push as well. Another year push. And then whatever the new Transformers film is going to be is now June 24th, 2022. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's life. <laughs> that's I feel like happening. these dates will change again. Oh, easily. I feel <laughs> like it's just crazy. I mean, yeah. John Wick 4 is still pretty far out. But again, also, we don't know what the world right now looks like so yeah you're definitely right anthony this will probably change again yeah because matrix will probably get pushed as well too because even though matrix is supposed to be may of next year they've only been shooting for a few weeks so yeah is that going to continue yeah they just started right before this i remember um scenes in san francisco keanu jumping from roofs and and stuff yeah 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 well let's get into some trailers then trailers Trailers, trailers. We we nailed it last week. This week we're a little. There's a little bit of. I don't know. I was just. I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) He's on his motorcycle right now. That's why. So he he can't pay attention to (laughs) it. So the first trailer we got, and this is a video game. Actually, it's coming out from Ubisoft Montreal. So shout out to the Canadians. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So this is a new entry into the Assassin's Creed franchise. A very beloved video game franchise i i've played two brotherhood uh, the whole Ezio trilogy i played uh, and i played some of the other ones as well and i'm getting back into i think right now origins no her odyssey i lied so i'm um, pretty excited about that and this trailer looks beautiful i mean video game trailers especially ubisoft they do a really good job with their assassin's creed trailers and this one really does it amazing too yeah, Ubisoft is, they're some of the kings of cinematic trailers, um, even since for the last 10, 15 years. I remember their uh, Assassin's Creed 2 trailer, if you guys mm. haven't seen that cinematic trailer. It's phenomenal. In Italy, going through the crowds, it is a beautiful, beautiful trailer. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, super excited for I'm a big fan of like the Norse mythology. Um, ever since like the first Thor movie kind of introduced me to that a lot more, so I looked into it a lot more. I'm really down with that um i really love the setting i've beaten pretty much all these Assassin's creed games uh since i don't the only one weirdly enough i haven't beaten is the first one but uh, every everyone since then i have so did you beat the did you beat assassin's creed rogue oh uh, no because that one came out on uh last the last gen when uh syndicate came out mm-hmm. so i didn't uh, i didn't play rogue but every other one since then i have um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. And this, again, like you said, Shay, this trailer looks fantastic. Yeah. Anthony, hey, I don't have that? much to say about it. It looks like a trailer. 
Oh, <laughs> and thank God, it looks like a trailer. And yeah, maybe I'll buy it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Uh, let's get into Lovecraft Country. Now, I haven't seen this trailer. Uh, have you guys seen the trailer? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what do you think this movie is about, Jay? What's the plot of for What's us? the plot for you? Okay. So, yeah. Lovecraft Country. Uh, this is actually in the days before witchcraft happened. So it's kind of like Monsters Inc. You know how in Monsters Inc. they have to collect screams. Uh, and then eventually at the end of the film, they realize they need to collect laughter because laughter is more powerful. So this is actually, sorry, when I said before witchcraft, I mean, this is, this is witchcraft is happening and it's like, oh my God, you know, they're out there casting spells and killing people and, you know, collecting their eyes and stuff like that. And they're, they're making all these potions and, you know, the potions are pretty good. They're doing pretty well. But then this, this one person, instead of casting witchcraft around, they start casting lovecraft and lovecraft is really the art of loving others and you know being friendly to people and just smiling and they realize their potions are way more potent way more powerful and so it's it's basically a, a remake of monsters inc is what i'd say but pretty much done in lovecraft form so uh obviously it's starring uh helena bottom carter who plays the queen witch um, because you know who, who would do a better job, and directed by Tim Burton, of course. Um, produced by David Fincher, though, which is surprising. Uh, ben Affleck plays one of the witches. He's doing a full drag kind of thing, and uh, still hitting the bottle, which is kind of weird because he should be off that by now. Um, his girlfriend Anna de Armas plays one of the Lovecraft witch, uh, and also, of course, Timothy Chalamet. You know, he's he's playing actually the wand. <laughs> not bad you're you're pretty spot on actually was that actually pretty good <laughs> no you were nowhere near it you want to watch would you watch so, Lovecraft Country <laughs> no I don't think so I would probably stream it in the background wait is it coming to theaters though is it by Universal it is a Universal picture <laughs> uh, so Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country is a series coming from Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams it's a series coming to HBO um, it's basically about a guy named Atticus Black okay. uh, and he's traveling across uh, Jim Crow America in the 1950s to find his missing father and they have to kind of overcome both racist terrors and also these terrifying monsters so that has like a uh, supernatural, supernatural feel to it. Yeah, it literally looks like the perfect mix of J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. So that's coming to HBO in August. It is. That trailer was really, really good. Yeah, it was cool. It was very cool. I'm like, oh, I wish this was coming out now. And then <laughs> you see August, and I'm like, ugh. Is the name Atticus, like, to, you know, draw inspiration from To Kill a Mockingbird? Is that what they did? Maybe. Maybe. It's a, it's based off a, a, no, a novel series. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's very much possible that they took the name Atticus uh Finch, right? Is Atticus Finch? Yeah, Atticus from? Finch, yeah. Atticus Finch, um, and called him Atticus Black. Great name, Atticus. Very on the nose, yeah. 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 But those I, are our trailers this week. That was, yeah. I mean, what else are we going to get right <laughs> now, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, one thing that we also didn't say, sorry, new dates that I just kind of remembered, and we've talked about this before, is The Last of Us Part Two actually got its date. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. June so 23rd? June, I believe. So I'm going to uh, pull that up here. 
to be precise. Uh, or June 19th, sorry. Is it June 19th? Yeah, June 19th. Yeah, so that is and that's that's pretty huge. I mean, we last spoke that it was not, you know, that it got pushed or indefinitely pushed, but now we finally have a date, and I'm I, I mean I can't wait. I really cannot wait for this game, so I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it's it's great to see that it's sooner rather than later. The way Sony was making it sound, it was like there was gonna be a big delay. Um, but it ended up only really being kind of what, just just less than a month away from its original May date. So Yeah, it wasn't too it's far great. Off. Yeah, and Ghost of Tsushima as well, too, got a little bit of a push to July, but that's because Last of Us is pretty much taking its former spot. Right. Uh, but it's great. I mean, it's we won't have to wait too much longer for this game, and I just can't wait to dive into something new because I feel like that's what we've been really missing right now is just new things to get lost into. Yeah, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima with July 17th. That's perfect. That's great. Just a month apart. So PlayStation has a pretty good uh, solid ending to their um, console generation. generation yeah. <clears throat> perfect. Cool. Let's jump into Out This Week. Now, Out This Week, really, we only have the Disney Gallery on The Mandalorian. And this is a series that's available through Disney+. Plus. Yeah, so that's uh, starting, I guess, May 4th it's coming out. So to, <coughs> today you're listening to this podcast, you could watch oh. the show. Did, did you guys uh, watch the uh, prop culture yet at all? No. Did you? Not oh, yet. It's on we'll my list. Out. No, I haven't. I'm get into it. Oh, <laughs> spoilers! <laughs> what we're watching, Anthony? What have you watched this week? Uh, this week, I put on Little Monsters, starting Lupita Nyong'o, who is a, a grade school teacher that has to kind of like hide her kids from an ongoing zombie attack uh-huh. at a um, at a children's. I want to say children's uh, farm. It was okay. It wasn't like crazy. It was on Amazon Prime, so I popped that on. It had funny moments, but it kind of fell flat. But it it was a cute story. Yeah, it looked um, like a strange one. I remember that when you spoke about the trailer last year, and I'm like, this yeah. looks weird. Yeah, it it just felt like out of place for her. And like, she's like an Oscar winning actress. She should be doing better <laughs> roles or having better options than this. But yeah, I watched that. Um, watch Westworld, Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, the Last Dance, Atlanta's Missing and Murdered, Lost Children, very long title, Batman, 1989 Batman, Batman Begins, and The Dark Knight. And I was just trying to compare. I watched Batman 1989 because Daniel has been raving about the 4K uh, Master, and I haven't seen it in a long time. So I popped that on, and I thought, okay, let me compare this to uh, Batman Begins. And man, what a difference in terms of how uh, just the just the how you know the times have changed between what batman meant in the 90s and then what batman meant in the 2000s and how the the thought process of that character is in the 90s very comically comic book comical cartoony type of style and then we go into a more serious type of batman in the yeah. in the 2000s but it was it's a product of its time like to think batman 1989 spawned you know the batman adventure tv series you know it took that type of um storyline and scenario and atmosphere and made an amazing cartoon um while batman begins kind of focuses on what if batman really existed in the real world like what would that look like right so it had different takes and it, yeah. and it just it's just and that's the evolution of batman like batman kind of has these different molding 
um, decades where it goes through what it looks like in the 90s and what it looks like in the 2000s and what it looks like in you know 2020 and or whenever it comes out the next version of batman um but yeah i think every version of batman is interesting and it's not awful and it's just that's what we thought of batman during that time yeah and and like you said like i was i watched uh i started my week last week watching kind of going back to the batman 89 like going back to the Tim Burton Batman, that's what I started watching. And I watched that Batman returns as well. And again, like what you said, it's so interesting seeing the take. It's very Tim Burton esque as well, especially Batman returns. It's full of his like Burton isms and that's yeah. It's, it's always fun going back to rewatch them, especially seeing uh, the villains. Cause I think the villains are very iconic from, um, the nineties films, even as terrible as they get, they're still iconic uh, iterations of them. And, and Batman's one of the only characters that I think that can be interpreted so differently by directors, but also all feel um, that they're respecting the source material too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also watched the last dance. I think as we all have been watching uh, every week, so phenomenally done. I'm really digging it. Uh, you guys are digging it too. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm absolutely. Like, I can't wait for tomorrow's episode. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Love- it's a. Probably the. What I was reading was the the biggest or the most watched documentary, sports documentary out there. Yeah, no doubt. And they, I was seeing too that uh, they they mentioned that Kobe Bryant also had his last season uh, documented, and they originally had plans to turn it into a series years from now but it looks like they may be starting to work on it now to get that out sooner we probably won't see it until maybe next year at the earliest but um if it's of the caliber of the last dance i'm so in for it even magic magic johnson said he had a film crew following i'm like oh all these film crews following (laughs) these these players i'm excited Um, i'm loving the last time yeah it's phenomenal But yeah, and I think all the footage they have crazy. too is just amazing. Like the mm-hmm. footage of these moments, these like private and personal personal moments that they have documented. It's really cool, and I love that they had the foresight to get all of these films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Continuing for me, I um I was watching Dark Side of the Ring as well too. Again, it's a documentary we really recommend. Uh, I was with my cousin, my younger cousin this week. So she wanted to watch Moana and Night at the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was fun to, to go watch. I haven't um, seen the second one. That's the second one, right? That's the second one. Yeah. So I've, I, I've never seen it either, or I don't remember seeing it. I remember watching the first one a couple of yeah. times, uh, but the second one was fine. Uh, Amy Adams is in it. Uh, I started watching the newsroom. So the newsroom is a show that like I've seen the first episode like a bunch of times. I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it now. And there's that famous clip of uh, Jeff Daniels talking about why America isn't the greatest country in the world. Um, and the show's from Aaron Sorkin. So you may know Aaron Sorkin. He wrote the social network and he wrote a few good men and he's any, the West wing. Like he's very known for his dialogue, Steve jobs, like things like that. Um, so I've been going through the series. I'm in season two now. Um, I'm enjoying it. There's a lot of moments where it's just like, he's, he's almost like untethered in the sense of, he's just kind of making everybody kind of have a witty banter and really fast talking and everybody's going off on these monologues, but there's a lot of cool moments in the show too. So I'm enjoying going through that. Of course, Harley Quinn 
is probably one of my favorite animated shows in a long time. And I can't recommend the show enough. This episode uh, was just absolutely hilarious this week. And I I can't recommend it enough. I know Shay, you loved it as well too this week. Yeah. And that video has been going around of um, the, um, the toxic fanboys. Yeah. (laughs) So there's definitely an extended version of that at the beginning and the end of the episode. And my God, what an episode. It's phenomenal. It's so, so good. So definitely watch the show if you haven't yet. Uh, like I said, I was continuing my voyage through the 90s Batman film. So I watched Batman Forever as well. I watched this with Shay. Like, we started at the same time just so we could uh, go through the pain of it together. Um, it's a fun movie, honestly. I think I think it's my second favorite of the, entire, of the four kind of 90s Batman films. Mm-hmm. I think Batman Returned is a better movie than it. But I enjoy watching Forever more just because of how insane it is, and because yeah. Jim Carrey is just at his most. So Jim good. Carrey, <laughs> it's just, it's it's just crazy to see it. It's crazy to see it. Yeah, I love Batman Forever. <laughs> it's such a bad good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. I think, like I said, is, it's just the product of his time. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, what What did you expect from nineteen? Was it ninety five? Ninety five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Like, look at all the movies that came out during the 90s. Were they, like, the caliber of movies that came out during that decade compared to the decade after? Yeah. And then the next, like, it's just an evolution of movie making, right? I just remember seeing that Batman Forever poster almost everywhere I went. I'd walk into Blockbuster. I'd walk walk past stores and just that poster. And the font of the movie, too. Like, it's very iconic. Super iconic. Doesn't the Toyota Tundra use that font, too, I think? Yeah, I'm serious. I, I think, think so. it does. It's, it's uh, such a good, bad movie. Yeah, and for some yeah. reason, Bruce Wayne is adopting this 30 year old man as this. <laughs> he's going to adopt him. It's just, oh man. It's just, just, the, it's just the behind the scenes of the whole Jim Carrey feud with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that Tommy Lee Jones literally said, I don't have time for your buffoonery. Oh, I don't know much about the. Uh, the, the <laughs> you know them? No. You gotta just, just, just look it up, man. It's so just look up Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. It's so funny just how much Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey on that movie. Yeah, like they like he never wanted to work with him ever again, or even like <laughs> him ever again, <laughs> even during it. Yeah, and also Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. Not sure which direction he was given or how much money he <laughs> he got for this movie. Well, He's just cameras are bad shit crazy in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun watch. Definitely watch it if you haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then obviously, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey this week, just because I've just been. There's so much to that game with all the different DLC and everything. So I've been kind of going back to Greek and just uh, back to Greece. Sorry, and just uh, back, to <laughs> back to Greek. I've been learning Greek. Back to China. Yeah, going, going back to China. <laughs> um, something's China going on with my countries this week. My mind just my mind just a melting pot of nothing. A pudding now. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's been a lot of fun to go back to it. So that that's been my week. Very nice, very nice. For me, pretty much same thing as you guys. Last Dance. I'm absolutely loving it. Um, it it's it's crazy. We we. It's also like a nice blast from the past. Like when I saw Carmen Electra in the episode, I was like, holy crap! Right, Carmen. Yeah, Electra. We're, we're going back. <laughs> totally forgot she was a thing, and I, and I love the focus on Dennis Rodman too. I mean. Uh, I remember my family had this weird, not obsession, but this infatuation with Dennis Rodman because they were like, this is America. Like when they were moving to, when we were moving to Canada, we were like, oh my God, 
is that what America is? Like Dennis Rodman, <laughs> is he embodying what America is? <clears throat> so it was very funny to see that. Um, Batman Returns uh, is not what I watched. That's what you watched, Daniel. Sorry. I was like, what? <laughs> like you did? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. I watched. I, so I finished season one of Westworld. Um, you know, so thank you to Anthony for pushing me through that in some ways. He didn't really do anything other than I messaged him like, hey, man, I'm watching Westworld. He's like, All right, cool. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, my problem with TV shows like this is it's hard for me to just sit down and kind of digest them, especially when you got to pay so much attention because you literally miss one thing and you're like, wait, what the hell's going on? Um, but I really enjoyed it. I'm on season two right now and I'm about three or four episodes in. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, I watched Ford versus Ferrari again because my mom hadn't seen it, and you know we decided to give it a watch for her. I've been going back and revisiting the Spider-Man animated series from the '90s. I remember I used to have the show from the, what, the '30s and the '50s on um, the '50s on uh, cassette, and I used to watch those all the time. So it's nice that I'm back at the '90s one now. I watched Tropic Thunder because my brother had my brother had not seen it, and I think Tropic Thunder is just like Interstellar. It's one of those films that gets better every time I watch it. Because I pick up on these small little jokes or like the writing is so clever. And the fact that Ben Stiller directed this writing alongside Justin Thoreau, it, it's it's such a good movie. I know, Daniel, you enjoy it a lot. Anthony, I don't think you've enjoyed a comedy since Step Brothers. So <laughs> I'm not sure if you enjoy it. Do you enjoy it, Anthony? Uh, yeah, man. Step Brothers is a great film. Uh, that's the only comedy <laughs> that I can uh, really connect to. Not even connect, but like laugh to, you know? That's you don't like Tropic Thunder? It's okay. I watched it a couple of, I think, a couple of months ago. It was funny at the time, but rewatching it wasn't as funny. Tropic but Thunder do, is one of my favorite I do movies like of all Robert time. Downey Jr.'s character. <laughs> it was nominated for an Oscar, man. Crazy. Nominated for an Oscar. Um, I love Tropic Thunder. A hundred percent. Such a great film, Daniel. I know you, you and I talk about it all the time. Um, I know the Academy on Twitter, the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences, they were doing a watch for The Big Sick alongside uh, writer and actor Kumail Anjiani and his wife, Emily Gordon. So and I think t- NATO was part of that as well, too. <laughs> I think NATO was a part of that. <laughs> um, but they were, yes, they were watching the film and um, kind of tweeting, almost like, what a commentary would be in this new form of life where it's just text alongside. So I started the film around the same time as them. And as the scene was progressing, they would tweet about, Oh, in this scene, so-and-so and so, and like just some fun facts. So I thought that, yeah. was, I thought that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. There's um, been a lot of uh, different movies doing that. We've had yeah. like, uh, like the quarantine watch parties going on yes. for a lot of big movies. So it's, it's nice that a lot of studios are doing that too. I think. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, like uh, most of, I know um, Brandon, what's his name? Davis? Brandon Davis. Yeah, of comicbook.com. He's been kind of organizing them with a lot of directors, um, having these watch parties, which is cool. You got a lot of in, like little inside tidbits and behind the scenes pictures, and they've it's cool to watch it with with the when the world's watching it, right? Exactly. Yeah, I haven't watched The Big Sick. I should watch it. You should it's a good it, one, man. It's, it's on one. Amazon Prime, so if yeah. you get a chance, Anthony, I, I definitely recommend it. It's pretty funny. Um, sorry, what was that? No, that's it. Yeah, that's 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 all she wrote. And uh, yeah, like Daniel, I watched Batman Forever, and I've been watching Harley Quinn, loving it. Yeah. So, yeah. shall we jump into my trivia question? Yes, we shall. 
So I'm going to my opportunity to get on the board here. Yes, I'm going to assume that your hands are up in the air and you're not Googling this. No, Google. I am not Googling. Okay, cool. So this is a question that I believe is appropriate for this time. And uh, I'm only going to ask for the year, not anything else. Okay. Uh, Are you going to give us years or you're just... I'm going to give you years. I'm going to give you four. It's a multiple choice question this time. Okay. So my question is, what was the first movie theater that was publicly available and what year? So, oh my gosh. What year is really the main question? So the four answers that I possibly have for you here are 1892, <laughs> 1905, 1923, and 1940. Oh my gosh. Uh, you might as well have just said, you know, who friggin' put the film <laughs> the first ever made film. I'm like Jojo, <laughs> go ahead. You got four options here. Uh, I'm going to say 1905. I'm going to say 1905 as well. Okay, you guys are correct. Wrong. 1905. Oh my god, 1905. I, 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 I thought it was the 20s. I thought for, I thought for sure it was the 20s at first. I'm yeah. like, I'm just going to go earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's why I threw that in there, you know? So, yes, it was uh, the theater was called Nickelodeon, and at that time it was called Nickelodeon because movies cost a nickel, and Odeon was the Greek, or uh, what did you call it, Daniel? You called it Greek, right? Yeah. The Greek. Greek word for theater. Yeah. That's yeah. Cineplex Odeon, yeah. Why yeah. we, that's the name comes from. Yeah. Crazy. Good question, huh? Good question. Very good question. Hmm. Yeah, next should... week, next week, Anthony's going to ask like, "What? <laughs> when is the last time we're going to be able to step into a theater?" <laughs> when oh, was the first closure of a movie theater. <laughs> I have that date marked on my calendar. <laughs> In 1852, there was three men who who burned. There were down. three blind mice. Three blind mice. <laughs> Uh, but but thank you guys for joining us and again if you're new to the show thank you so much you know thank you for subscribing to us thank you for listening to us uh in these quarantine times we hope that we're keeping you happy and keeping you laughing keeping you loving is what i would like to say uh or no one would say that really uh no sane person would at least but uh yeah thanks for sticking with us and of course if you want to write into the show this time with dot com slash talk is the place to go we release new episodes every monday and again this friday may 8th we will be having our spider-man uh commentary for sam raimi's spider-man so again the instructions on how that'll work will be in the commentary itself as well yes look out for that yeah Yeah, no just look out for that across all of our podcast feeds that's exactly where it'll be and then if you've missed it we've already done some a commentary for game night we've done one for sicario so if you want to go back and check those out give those some love as well too because they're there yeah, and of course, our, our social media platforms were also available at this time with. So, once again, that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.